So Lord, we, um, we thank you for being present with us. As we hear from the scriptures, as we um, sit under their authority, may you stir our hearts and our minds and imaginations to walk in step with you, Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to remain standing for the reading of scripture. Our passage today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of, variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Um, I'm Pastor Anthony, if I've not met you, and i um, so glad you are here. Apparently, uh, well, we know Halloween has passed, and I think as a culture, we've just given up on Thanksgiving. Like, it's just done. Sorry, Pilgrim. Sorry, Turkey. And we're all about Christmas already. I say that because November 1st, uh, my neighborhood was already having Christmas lights pop up on every other house. Christmas trees are already in windows. Pastor Martin is saying yes and amen on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, any, how many of you out there already have your lights up on your house? We got some liars in this place. How many of you already have your Christmas trees up? There we go. All right. Well, you're owning it. You are owning it, right? Cool. Actually, leave the house lights up a little bit. I like to see y'all when I preach. So, uh, But uh, I also know Christmas is almost here. I have a three-year-old, and he. we walked into Hobby Lobby of all places. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And he's like, Christmas. I'm like, I didn't know you knew that word yet. That's awesome. But he, uh, we were starting to get catalogs, uh, like the Amazon, like gift magazine and stuff, and uh, geared towards the little ones. And he was doing this on the countertop last weekend and found something and pulled it down. And it was one of those catalogs. And he's like, oh, all these shiny toys. And he's like, grab me by the hand. Dada, sit. Read me the book. I'm like, it's not a book, buddy. Read me the book. Okay, yes, my tiny little terrorist. I will do whatever you say. And I sit down, and he plops in my lap, and I'm reading him a catalog. And I'm reading the description of the toys. And we get to the end. What does he say? Again. Okay, so this time I'm like adding commentary, and Tanya thinks it's hilarious. Like, the Lego that your dad's going to break his foot on in the middle of the night. And uh, as I'm going, he's like, again, and I'm reading it, and uh, finally I'm reading SKU numbers and the prices, like, just to try to eat up time. And at the end of it, he, he, he's getting a point, and he goes like, Dada, I want. 
I go, oh, no, I'm just making a little materialistic consumer, just like a good American, right? And the reality is that this, this idea around gifts giving and gifts being received, the idea of, like, consumerism is something that has actually always been part of the human condition, not just here and now. And Paul, in our passage this morning, is actually addressing that when it comes to these things called spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts, I've heard this several times this morning, like eyes rolling, like, oh my goodness, I've heard this sermon like 400 times. You're going to pass out a little spiritual gifts inventory, and then you're going to see, see, you should help serve coffee on Sunday, and you need to serve in the nursery, and you need to be an usher. I'm not going to do that, but you should help to sign up to in the nursery and children's uh, church and all these things, right? But I'm not going to do that. And other thing, some of you might be like, oh, we're finally talked about like, like speaking in tongues and prophecy and all these, these exciting things in this passage. I'm not going to go there either. I'm not going there this morning because actually Paul's not spending, he's just naming some things that are going on in the church in Corinth, and he doesn't dive into the weeds of what these gifts were. Actually, Paul is doing something much larger. In chapters 12 through 14, are kind of, they're meant to go together because Paul's addressing much of what he does in this letter, that division in the church. That when the Corinthians got together, particularly for worship, we don't know exactly what was going on, but these spiritual gifts were, some were being raised to the top and it was causing division. And Paul has no part for division in Jesus' church and that's what he's addressing this morning. He starts off by saying, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. The word there for uninformed could be translated as uh, ignorance. And some translate it as dumb. Paul is saying, stop being dumb. Like you are missing the point concerning spiritual gifts. And a way to help us think of what spiritual gifts actually are and what Paul's doing in this part of the letter, uh, I found a couple uh, commentators make this note of how to translate it, which would be just as faithful. Now, concerning things that belong to the Spirit or spiritual things. That these actually, these things that Paul's talking about aren't things that the Corinthians willed into existence or that, that God gave them so they could do whatever they want with. They're actually, no, these are things that are given on loan, if you will. They're, they're meant to be stewarded because they actually belong to the Holy Spirit, not to the individual. And he goes on to say, now... Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but in the same God who empowers them all in, say that last word with me, everyone. Keep that in the back of your mind, everyone. Paul is driving home the point that, yes, there are individuals, but these individuals make up the church, and these individual gifts are given from one God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the triune God. And it is God who empowers them. He's saying, Corinthians, this isn't about you and what you think the cool things you have from God. Actually, no, these are given by the Spirit. And he goes on to say in 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 
So in, in verse 1 he says, spiritual gifts, but here manifestation of the Spirit. That what's happening in the community in Corinth is one of the ways the Holy Spirit is manifesting himself in that community is through these gifts that were given to individuals. For what? For the common good. For the common good. This is a theme that Paul plays with throughout this letter in chapter 6, in chapter 10, now in chapter 12, that all of these things were given for the common good. The consumeristic idea of gifts that snuck into our culture around Christmas has had, had snuck into the culture of the church in Corinth, that these gifts were given for me, for my benefit, to show off how spiritual I was, how much God was blessing me, and Paul saying, no, they were given for the common good. The common good of the fellowship of believers, of the church, of the body of Christ. But the, the, the church is meant to thrive for the common good of those who don't yet follow Jesus. The church isn't the hope of the world. Jesus Christ is, but how Jesus shows up in the world is through the church. Through you and me. Look around again. Look around the room. Like, y'all are God's plan A. <laughs> How Jesus shows up is by empowering us with gifts for the sake, for the common good of those around us. And he goes on to say, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Again, he's ending this section, driving home the point that this is from God and the spirit will do with what he will do, what he wants with what he has appointed kind of verses 1 through 11, this is my summarization of it. And really, I think this could be the subtitle of our series. 1 Corinthians, stop it. Stop it. It says, you can say Jesus Christ is Lord because you have the Holy Spirit. Now act like it. Stop being divided. Stop looking like the world. Look like the God you've been called to serve and love. Because when certain gifts are elevated in a community, the unintended consequences is often that other people start to feel maybe like they don't have gifts, like second-class citizens in the church family. And I have to be very aware. Like I'm just calling how it is. I get it. I sit on a stage or stand on a stage and make a good portion of my living by speaking on a stage to hundreds of people with literal spotlights and cameras on me. To preach scripture, which I believe is authoritative and it, it is caused to be preached to do things in your life, to form you into Jesus. So I'm the one here telling you that all gifts matter while I have what may seem like an exciting gift of preaching and teaching. But I have to be, I, I, I understand, it's kind of ironic that for me to call this out. Because I know many people, I, I have these conversations every week in my own home, with people in my office, with people I meet in the community. That they look at me and the giftings I have, or that David and Kim, or the band has, or Pastor Dana, or other people in the public sphere of ministry, and say, as they sit on that side of the lights, on that side of the camera, on that side of the stage, and say, yeah, but like my gifts really probably aren't as important. Yeah, my gifts probably... Do I even have any gifts? 
And Paul actually addresses that in the next part of chapter 12. He uses the metaphor or the imagery of a body. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. So the body of Christ is made up of individuals. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where should be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Paul's using this image, and he goes on later to talk about how all parts are to to be honored and receive the proper honor, because God has chosen them. God has placed every single person with a particular gifting into his body with a particular purpose. And even then, like, it's easy. Your mind's probably going there, like, to focus on the exciting gifts versus the less exciting gifts. To be thinking, yeah, yeah, here's the guy on the stage telling me my gifts matter, but do they really? I just want to share some stories with you. I've gotten the, uh, anytime I have a text to preach on, I get the red car syndrome. Like, when you get it, if you buy a red car, you suddenly realize everyone has wonderful tastes like you because everyone has a red car right? When I have a particular text, like that's how I view the world. That's what the Holy Spirit starts bubbling up in front of me. And I've been seeing God do amazing things in, in the lives of the people that make up Bethany over the last couple weeks. This is John Gerlach. I, I love this picture when he sent it to me. It's a picture of a man who is probably very, very tired, but so deeply satisfied. John stood up here a couple weeks ago, and he shared the story of how him and his wife Donna, they moved to Driftwood, and they uh, have befriended a a neighbor who is widowed. And when her husband died, her land just kind of started falling apart. Um, They've been caring for the horse on the property, and, and John saw a need. John stood up here and said, hey, I need some people to come and help me serve, and we're going to clean up her land for her. And, and I'm like, all right, well, I hope some people show up. And, and he said, uh, there were about 30 people. Only three were not from Bethany. So many people started emailing him. He got nervous that he would have to turn people away because he didn't have enough tools. But Enrique showed up with all his awesome big boy toys. He owns a, a lawn company. And, and he also saved the pumpkin patch. He, thank you. Enrique, are you here? Yeah, uh, amen. Thank you, Enrique. We love your big boy toys. They're so much fun. But, uh, but you guys came and, and yes. There's a picture of, of people gathering to, to kind of get the lowdown and pray and, and work in. And I was talking with Donna, um, John's wife, and she said there was just this buzz. People were so excited because, like, when we serve, we actually become alive. We actually, like, the hardest part is just getting there. And then, of course, the most important, you got to feed everyone. So there's the most important gift of the whole time, right? 
I've gotten to know John pretty well over the last year and a half, and, um, and I've seen his faith really kind of come to life in a new way, and he would say that to you, but John doesn't realize this, but he'll still say things to me like, you know, pastor, like, oh, I don't know the Bible as well as you, or I didn't go to seminary, or other people here have been more faithful, longer, and I'm like, stop, 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 stop. He's still downplaying who he is in Christ. But you know what John probably doesn't realize? That he has a long, successful career in the military. And John has the gift of seeing a need that other people don't really see. And he knows how to gather people and make that need no longer exist. And that's what he did here. Did John have to fill out some spiritual inventory list to figure out how God wired him? No, he just did what God wired him to do. This is Chris Nab. Many of you don't know Chris, but Chris is on staff here at Bethany, and Chris um, oversees all of our grounds and, and maintenance, and uh, that's a picture from earlier this week in the choir room. They're building a huge, not they, Chris is building the set for the musical coming up, and Chris is a very gifted, um, I'm totally blanking the word, they work with wood, carpenter, just like Jesus. There you go. Chris is like Jesus. But he's got this gift of being creative and not like that he thinks these things up and then creates them. He takes care of our grounds. He, he created the pumpkin patch stuff out there. Staff people can go home and like, I have an idea. And he's like, got it. And with each nail he drives in, with, with each plant he puts in the ground, I know Chris has a deep faith where it's an act of worship for him. But even Chris, him and I have had emails and coffee and, uh, and a lunch, and, and Chris has some seminary training. And, and he said things like, uh, I'm, I'm wrestling if I, if I should finish that training and get into like real ministry. And, and I know he doesn't mean it that way, but I'm like, brother, you're doing the ministry. He's using gifts that... Martin and I certainly don't have to serve this place, to, to, to be a place that is welcoming to the friends that you bring to this place, to create a place that as people drive by, they're curious and come onto our campus. He's working his gifts out for the common good. Many, many of you know we have a preschool, but how many of you know that we have two preschools? Some of you do. Good, good. One of our preschools is called Let It Shine, and Let It Shine is, is uh, run by Teresa Danner, and um, they serve children with all abilities. But the children, a lot of the children that they serve in their program have been asked to leave other programs because the student may be on the autism spectrum or have some, some uh, sensory, or sens sensory processing stuff that they're working on. And the reality is that this is a population of children and, and families that are often kind of forgotten about. And the reality is in South Austin, we are the only program that actively serves these families. And when I walk by them on, during the week on, on the other side of the building and seeing the care and the love and the staff and the highly unique training that this staff has to serve these students, to make sure that they're going to thrive as God designed them, that they flourish as human beings, as those families know their kids are receiving the care they need day in and day out. Teresa and her staff are using the gifts 
of the Holy Spirit's gifts in their lives. Again, did they fill out a questionnaire to figure this out? No, it's what God just wired them to do. Now, all three of these people, I, when I asked them, I got permission to share these stories and pictures, and all three of them were quite coy. They're like, ooh, like, yes, you can share it, but like, don't talk about me too much, or don't show too many pictures of me. And, and, and I get what they're saying, like, because they, they're humble. They're just doing what God wired them to do. I think that's this, this mystery around the spiritual gift, gifts. Are there sometimes some like extraordinary gifts? Yes. But God also uses ordinary things in extraordinary ways for his kingdom. That each of these people, they just do, that's what they do. That's what God wired them to do. And I think often we overthink it. And, and this week, my invitation to you is not to fill out a survey, and those aren't all bad. But to, to spend time with the Lord in prayer and, and say, God, what do I just naturally do for the good, common good of others? And to release some of the pressure on yourself of, I got to do this, and ah, am I in the right lane? And sometimes maybe you are off track, and God's going to redirect you in his kindness. This is, here's the two things I want us to walk away with this morning. Oh, more pictures. Here's the first one. You matter in the family of God. You matter. Yes, you matter to God because he created you. And your worth is completely separate from who, from what you do. But, but the reality is you matter in the family of God. That you have a role to play in the family of God. And even you, that I know there's someone in this room or online watching right now saying, yeah, but not me. Or I have no idea. And God's saying, no, 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 you matter. And the church needs you. The church needs you. I don't know if you're the ear, the eye, the foot, the pinky toe, the nose. I don't know what you are. But we need the fullness of the body of Christ serving together with our various gifts for the good of the world. It's easy to fall into thinking at a larger church like this that has multiple staff where, where it's kind of the responsibility of the paid people to do everything. It's actually not biblical. Ephesian Paul out, lays out kind of the different offices in the church and it says our job is to equip the saints, y'all, to do the work of the ministry. It's our job to say yes to you with the idea is to come and, and clear a widow's land or to start a preschool that, that serves uh, students that can easily be forgotten. To say, yes, Chris, use your gifts as a carpenter to serve this place. The church needs you. Pastor Danner, myself, Teresa, um, uh, Sharisa, Kim, David, uh, Cheryl, Cindy, all of us on staff, Chris, we need you to live into the giftings God has given you for the common good, for the sake of the world. Paul says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in, all in, 
If you are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have the Spirit living in you. Therefore, you have spiritual gifts that God is empowering in you to use for His good. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you open our hearts and our minds and our very imaginations to the giftings that you have empowered us, that you have stewarded to us. May we use them well. Lord, I pray for the brother or sister who feels like they have nothing to offer. May you open their eyes, their minds, their heart. Put brothers and sisters in their life this day, this week, to call out the gifts you've placed in them. And Lord, may we serve together as one body. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.